I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the AEW Dynamite After Show coming to you live from all across Southern California. <laughs> and we got a show for you, but before we get to all the shenanigans, hijinks, and flim flam, let me introduce the amazing crew I get to work with. First up, he is the law doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Roger Corral. Am I still on your far left? You're on this side to me. <laughs> That's where I'm pointing at, pointing down oh, right. here on my angle. <laughs> All right. This is a bad uh, Brady Bunch show. Here's the story. Next up, we have the indie darling herself. Let's hear it for Anissa I have my John Moxley shirt on. Oh. I found it, but he was on very, TV. Im very important. Yes, very important. <laughs> and, you know, he may still be hailing from inside the booth. They don't let me in, so I don't know what it looks like in there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Josh Alonzo. What's going on, y'all? It's really weird to be on this side of the spectrum. Usually I'm in the booth, but this time I'm in my room in my house. So <laughs> You're like, really there's light. <laughs> there's light. Oh, my goodness. What's going on here? <laughs> and, of course, we need to give a very special shout-out to Rye Guy, who's running all the producer Rye stuff Guy. for today. So. We get we get to have Josh hang out as a as a guest as a host, so I'm excited to have you on, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure, and what an episode to join on! I mean, just unbelievably good episode. Despite not being any fans there, amazing show. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you said that because I want to open up. You know, we, as usual, we do our overall thoughts to kick things off, but I do want to touch base on just. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the world. No one in the audience. Um, everyone kind of on lockdown. What do you guys think about AEW doing shows like this? Uh, what are your thoughts on everything going on in the world? I feel like we need to touch on it, right? Let's let's get it out there. What's what's everyone thinking? Let's touch. Let's touch. Well, well, not touch. <laughs> six feet. Six feet. I honestly, it's funny. I, I came in with notes. I was prepared. I saw um, Jim Alexander covering the Raw Afterbus show. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, Jim Alexander's completely right. I'm going in hard on, after, on, on Wednesday. But no, this was such an amazing show. And they truly managed to like get our minds off of everything that's happening. And you know what it was? It doesn't feel cringe and it doesn't feel desperate. It feels like a family. And it feels like mm -hmm. a family is like uniting and they're like, we're going to do this together. And if we all get sick together, we go down together. And if we succeed, we succeed together. And that I feel like they made us feel like a part of that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with Roger there. And having the other AEW wrestlers at ringside, just cheering them on and actually act as support as a crowd was amazing. Like I was thinking... Me personally, like watching the coverage for like SmackDown and Raw and NXT, you know, NXT last week did it and they did have some fans. But for the past two, uh, Roger said, supporting each other like a family, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked the one side was heel, one side were faces. <laughs> I thought that was really combined. But as someone who attends a lot of indie shows, I feel like this is what, not, I don't want to say this is what they're used to, but this is 
what they have experienced where five, 10 people will show up and they'll still put on a great show no matter how many people are in the crowd. So I feel compared to WWE, it's my take on that. Anissa, did yeah, you, you feel at home? I'm sorry? Did you feel at home like an indie show? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, watching this, um, you know, obviously, I, I work, you know, we all work in the entertainment industry. I personally, you know, my bread and butter is, is in live events. And so um, it, it, it's something in, in live events, you always hear the phrase, and we've all heard it, the show must go on. And I always thought I knew what that meant. I thought it was like, if things get tough, you keep on going. I always think of a time when I, uh, I was DJing an event and my pants split all the way from the back <laughs> down oh the back goodness. of my knee, but I had to keep going. Show must go on because you want people to be happy. Tonight, tonight I learned a new definition for what the show must go on means because I didn't realize just how badly I needed this episode until it started and to just take my mind off of everything that's going on and to just be a part of this fun show to me. I don't know if the guys and girls that put this show on will ever truly appreciate just how powerful it was for them to give us something for two hours to escape from all the craziness in the world right now so kudos to aw and the amazing job they did tonight because it was fantastic it was a great show really all was. around i thought um speaking of which the show started off with uh cody coming out to the ring and cutting a promo first kind of on the situation and then slowly segueing into building up for the main event and right off the bat I love the fact that they embraced almost that there was no crowd. He wasn't out there like yelling into the microphone and trying to like do call and responses. He was talking very plainly and matter of factly and everyone else did as well. Uh, just from the, the, um, the promo standpoint, how'd you guys feel Cody did being sort of the ambassador of the brand to the rest of us? I think Cody has such a knack for speaking to people like, if he wanted to be a motivational speaker, he could. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that comes from, I mean, we know how he felt working for the WWE. He always felt like he wanted to be more. And I think once he left that company, he was determined to show everyone. And it shows in every promo. And it shows, that, again, like I said, it feels like family. Like, when he's talking to you on the camera and when, like, he brings out his fellow wrestlers, it feels like we're all united in this. And... I think it, it, you're right. You don't realize how much you need it. I've been, in, I've been quarantined since like Friday. Like I'm, I'm yeah. trying to see the sun. I'm trying not to go out. And it felt like such a relief. And Cody does such a good job of conveying that. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. Anissa, I want to get your take on this. We talked about how it kind of felt like an indie show, but personally, I popped when the fireworks went off and all the production was still there. They didn't shortchange a single thing. How did you feel about the overall presentation, the look of the show tonight? Well, if Cody Rhodes ever runs for president, I'm going to vote for him because he knows how to <laughs> yeah. talk. Yeah. And pretty much, I, I just felt like he was so motivating everybody. Like nobody was there. And for somebody to have that type of, to speak like that with the crowd, without a crowd, it's it's a lot of, you know, kudos to, to Cody for doing that. And not only that, but people behind the scenes, the production crew, people who set up the ring, you got to thank them too for still putting on a show. And then that, and that's yeah. the thing, like they have everyone working, right? Like they have all the production crew, they have the camera crew, they have the color commentators. So if you're going in, 
go in you know like <laughs> you have the pyro there you have all the special effects there just act like it's a big show and they they did that yeah and and uh of course they they used that time to really talk about the main event which was the six man tag team match playa and um they uh the, of course the match oh my goodness this is the best we at least have to get that in somehow <laughs> I, even if i'm not in the booth personally if i'm here they're gonna hear this for every match Come in to get it up. know that I love, I love, I love you, Josh. You're the best. Um, so yeah, they get this match going. Proud and powerful, and Jake Hager versus Cody, Matt Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page. I just got to start off first. Sammy Guevara singing along with the <laughs> intro music. Again, this is another moment where they embrace the fact that there was no crowds there. They said, "Let's make it fun. Let's play with the fact that there's no one here." Uh, but this match, of course it was great josh alonzo let me hear your thoughts on the big main event i definitely did love the fact that sammy Guevara was doing a little bit of a karaoke shtick at the beginning right there i mean especially when he started forgetting some of the words and he started mumbling he was just like <laughs> oh, Judas, i mean how relatable is that any concert you go regardless if you're a massive fan of it you're going to forget some of the words sometimes so just on a relatable right. note awesome right there but the match overall was really great I definitely did like the inner circle, inner circles dominance throughout the match. They were just like mm -hmm. not allowing any offense on the side of the elite. So for me, just really establishing that motion and starting that dominance of the inner circle on route to their uh, match at Blood and Guts, I think was a mm -hmm. really cool. Something I want to mention, Jericho wasn't in the match, but he was the color commentator. And I yeah. didn't realize it, but he has beaten everyone in the elite, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's impressive. That's huge. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a big deal and i love that he kept reiterating we've never hit each other on accident with our each other's moves he did say a few times they've never been drinking on the job but <laughs> i've seen some bubbly get poured uh on the job but i still thought he did a great job of really selling that match and like not just burying the other team saying they're, they're a good team they're just not as good as the inner circle and of course, the inner circle came out ahead tonight. Um, but that wasn't the story after the, you know, this match of this match. The story came after the match, which I haven't had a chance to look at Twitter. I'm sure it's blowing up all over the place. Anissa Barr, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and chat about it? Tell us about <laughs> what happened after the match. Well, a drone flew in the <laughs> arena. I yeah. The government's controlling everybody, so apparently they're controlling PW too. So yeah, but I mean, all joke, you know, all that aside, when I saw that, I'm just like, okay, this is awesome. And then when the piano was playing, my first thought was like, okay, is Rebby Hardy playing of the piano somewhere? Where is she? And then obviously we saw Matt Hardy and just the facial expressions he gave really gave the delete and i'm so excited mm -hmm. because now that matt hardy has this freedom to use the delete character in aew and i'm very excited to see what will happen with blood and guts with matt hardy a part of the elite 
Yeah, the uh, I loved the cinematography here, or the the camera work here, and again embracing the fact that there was no one there with him in the stands by himself with all the lights hitting him and the piano playing. These guys just get presentation at a level that I don't think anyone else does um, in, in going right now. It's so good. Uh, so I was thinking is you've got these guys who have made being the elite. You've got the Road 2 series by Cody Rhodes. And now you've got uh, Matt Hardy, who has done, I mean, I think his videos have all had different names depending on what company he's in. Free the Deletes, the most recent. You've got these guys who have done these things on their own. Roger, do you think this is having a huge impact on the way they're able to, to film during these times and kind of handle the situation? You know what this shows? I think WWE really hamper, hampers down the whole Twitter uh, universe deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they're that well-versed in social media. And I think Mm -hmm. the current situation shows that. I think Matt Hardy has been like honing his craft, like creating this character online and creating such a fan base. And this company allows him to actually like expand on that. The minute I saw a drone, I was like, oh, that's Matt Hardy. And that's because he has a following. Like we all follow these shows. And in situations like this, it allows us to still be invested. You know, if for some reason we don't have wrestling next week, we know that these guys are still going to put out a product because they love Mm -hmm. doing that online. It's already, it comes natural to them. I would like to correct you. You probably did not just say, oh, it's Matt Hardy. You're like, oh! Oh, Oh, it's Matt Hardy. It's like, (laughs) I think with, like, to your credit, Jack, when you're saying about the cinematography and everything and the presentation, I think without the audience there, that made it a whole lot stronger because you're solely focused on Matt Hardy and his just just mm-hmm. his general just body gestures and everything. With the crowd would have been there, yeah, absolutely would have been a huge pop in that part. But then without the crowd and just solely all the attention on Matt Hardy, I think this made it just a hundred times even better. Including just looking at Chris Jericho's expressions, he was scared uh, ishless essentially. He yeah. was just like selling it so well. He was just looking at Matt Hardy as someone just like, oh man, we're screwed now. And then you have to yeah. get to the commentators who added on to this yeah. uh, segment because mm-hmm. that, I mean, can we have Taz every single week? I like oh. seen, like having Taz on commentary. Taz is such an underrated commentator and I'm so glad they signed him. Thank you, Roger, for somebody <laughs> saying that because I, you know, I think Taz is probably, one, you know, in my opinion, one of the greats with commentary. Exactly. And when, and it's great that he's paired up with uh, Excalibur and JR because I yeah. love Taz when he was paired up with Jim Ross back in the SmackDown days in the Ruthless Progression area. That yeah. was honestly the best commentating team at the time. And I'm so glad that they're reunited. And with Excalibur on, on the other hand right there, with his knowledge of the indie scene and everything, that's just like a three a trio you do not mind mess with. And I do want to add, uh, Jericho had Excalibur on his podcast. So everyone who's in mm-hmm. the chat, please listen. They talk about PWG and how that was created. So just want to add that because, hey. Yeah, <laughs> we got time. You know, got yeah. time. I mean, <laughs> what else are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, you know, speaking of checking things out, uh, here at AfterBuzz, we are incredibly thankful for you guys taking the time to join us and be a part of this, uh, especially during this time. I mean, I'll be honest, this is something I love doing in general, but especially these days, it's nice to be able to have this sort of escape and, and way to sort of do something and focus on something that's fun and chat with some people that uh, 
I love to chat about. So thank you guys so much for, you know, making us the ESPN of TV talk and the reviews and the five stars and all that stuff that we always have to say. But uh, particularly in this day and age, you guys, I just want you all to know you're incredibly appreciated. And uh, I love getting to spend a, uh, a couple hours with you guys. So thank you for that. You know what else I'm thankful for, you guys? Wow. I am thankful. I am thankful that we got to see who the exalted one is today. Yes. Now, Nisa, you already had your chance to say who someone (laughs) maybe was. So now we're going to pass it on over to Roger, who's over to my, well, I guess it's looking, it's my right, but I guess on TV, it looks like my left, right? Anyway. So, Roger. Walk us through the exalted one finally arriving. He finally arrived. And we had theories, you know, Jessica had a theory that it might have been Christopher Daniels messing with with it in his own head. We had a lot of theories. I kind of wanted this to go all the way to like October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they decided to pull through with it. And to everyone's, I, I still think it's to everyone's shock. We got Brody Lee back. Mm-hmm. Like Brody yeah. Lee back. He's wrestling. He looks good. He looks healthy. And when you think about it, he is the exalted one. You know, he was underappreciated. This is a guy that, like, everyone, no one knows how to use this guy to his proper abilities. Probably one of the best big guys out there in the wrestling scene. And the Dark Order Mm -hmm. sees that in him, and now we get to see it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought this is, I mean, so a lot of debuts happened today. And... Every one of them was fantastic, but this one to me really stuck out because one, as you mentioned, Roger, Brody Lee is the quintessential person who would join the Dark Order because he has been misused and beaten down and forgotten about. And his, he sounded so dangerous in that video promo. I love the way he talked. I love the way he slowly came forward into the light. I loved everything about this. Josh Alonzo, are you ready for some Brody Lee? I am, and especially the one thing where I saw the little pack, the video promo coming up, you hear the vi- uh, the voice distortion of it, and you're trying to guess, okay, who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? Yeah. And then you hear the distortion go lower and lower and lower. And then my original thought was like, okay, no accent. It can't be Matt Hardy, so it's got to be. And then next thing you know, Hood comes down, Brody Lee. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. What a great catch for this. And especially the promo was amazing, especially taking a little bit of a jab at WWE where he said, I felt like well, one older guy didn't appreciate me. I'm not going to let another older guy de-appreciate me right there. So it's like a little nice little jab up at his old company. So shots fired right there, if you can say that. But I am super excited. The potential matches that Brody Lee can have with everyone in AEW, I kind of want to see him against Hangman Page. I think that would be a really great match right there. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely super pumped for this. Uh, Anissa... Brody Lee's name was on a short list of people who could be the exalted one for a long time. So seeing him here, you know, it, there was a surprise, obviously, but he was always on a short list. Did it still feel like it was worth the wait? Did it feel like it delivered the build that it got? In my opinion, yes. Um, when That's the right answer. Up, I, was, <laughs> I forgot, you know, because so much is happening in the world. I really forgot. And then I saw him like, oh, my God, yes. And then, you know, just like Josh said earlier, so many um, matches like he can have with people. For me personally, him versus Moxley, because they have a history back in CCW. So I want to 
and relive those type of matches again, you know, but for me, I was so excited. I like his new ring gear. I like the jacket. It kind of gave me like Miz vibes, but way better. Wait, didn't the Shield fight the Wyatt family too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's some history there. So there's a lot of history with Brody Lee, not only with Moxley, but with some of these other uh, professional wrestlers in AEW, if you go look back at, at his old indie, indie days. Yeah, something that I think was really great about this and how I know it was really good is instantly for me, the Dark Order is a world title main event threat now. Exactly. They went, it, their trajectory was totally like, okay, kind of joke, stable. Okay, kind of mid-card stable. And now suddenly it's like, yeah, they could go right after John Moxley. They could go, They it wouldn't shock me if they took out the inner circle at this point. It, they... This made them a legit threat, and as Brody Lee says, nobody's safe anymore because this was this was exactly how you do it. You know, um, you know what's funny? If if you go through like all of our <laughs> Afterbus episodes, like you're right, or, or the trajectory of the Dark Order based on our reactions every week, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of gone like this. And then there's times yeah. when it's dipped, and we're like, wait, what the hell is that? And then now yeah. we're back to good. Yeah, they so they, and I think it's just a testament just how good of and how patient the storytelling is in AW. And I think the reason it felt very low and like it wasn't that important is because they knew they had to keep it on the back burner while other things were going, and they knew this was going to happen. You know, I think they're just really good at strategically moving and placing things as they need to um, for these kind of things. And uh, you know, speaking of things that have been moving and growing and getting better. Penelope Ford, Riho, Hikaru Shida, and Chris Statlander, four-way match. I'm saying I think that the women's division has quietly been rebuilt into a pretty solid mm-hmm. set of wrestlers. Josh, how do you feel about the women's division? I mean, that's I mean, the division itself was really great, like on cart face value and everything. Some of the matches have been great, and there's other matches that have been mm, a little bit under the radar. But this match was really great, just straight to the point. Just as short of the match it was, it was just pretty much just full force, just like 60 from the get-go. It did not let up. And then so many like great points in the match, especially with uh, Penelope Ford hitting that Poison Rana onto Chris Sadlatter, and then Chris Sadlatter just completely dying outside the ring. was just so amazing. Just a a high-paced match. Really loved it. And then just everyone just had their chance to shine, which was great. I could see any four of them challenging for the title and believing it. And I could also see people like uh, Britt Baker and Big Swole go after the title. They've got a solid division at this point. Um, something that happened, though, after the match, and I, I want to uh, jump to it. We can go back to the women's match, but I'm thinking about it right now. I want to I go. I want to talk about it. Cole Cabana, after the match. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Again, they played on the fact that there's no people there because he was like, Talking about Kip Sabian getting involved, and Kip was like, "Hey, I can hear you." <laughs> and then I love the one of the best lines, man. Boom, boom, Cabana being involved, and and that whole uh, dust up. I think, take boom, it? I think boom, boom is great. I feel like I actually we've all we we've all known this if you follow wrestling. I mean, he's. Honestly, I think sometimes he's better known as the podcaster than a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's a yeah. great talker. Like the guy mm-hmm. knows how to like cut a promo and he could probably put Kip Sabian really over if they keep developing this program. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, it 
didn't not help that I mean it didn't not help that the women's match was also phenomenal like it literally was I think it was like a 10 12 minute match but it was just non-stop like it kept going at it and honestly I think we needed Riho guys I miss Riho she was great she was gonna have a bad match she was she was she was absolutely great did you enjoy the match aspect of it Anissa I did. Uh, for me, um, I'm really happy that we're able, the fans were able to see Penelope Ford tonight because we're not, we, you know, we don't get to see her. And she's very talented, like I've mentioned before, like she's so good at wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so are the other women, but I feel uh, tonight was for, you know, Penelope, Penelope Ford really shined. And of course, you know, we have Kip Sabian and uh, Colt Cabana, but if it goes uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford versus Coco Ben and Mystery Partner. I wonder who he will bring too. But just you know, it's too soon to tell. But I do hope that we get to see a Coco Ben versus Kip Sabian storyline or match. You guys do keep pushing yeah. the intergender matches. I see mm-hmm. you. Oh, you know, I Kip love Sabian. Yeah, I agree. I'm with Anissa on this one. We don't agree a whole lot, Anissa, but this is one <laughs> yeah. we agree on. Um, yeah. And I was going to say, I think Kip Sabian is is the key to that whole thing because you'll notice over the past few weeks he has been dusting it up with some of the female wrestlers and he 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 makes them look i mean they're great i don't want to make it sound like he's making them look great but you know what i mean like he it, it comes across believable and well done every time he interacts with them and uh penelope ford with a quiet win over riho on AEW dark mm-hmm. so if you didn't check that out that's a good good one to check out as well um speaking of checking things out i feel like today we got the true debut of the murder hawk uh lancer i like the name murder hawk i'm just gonna call him murder hawk that's murder a cool name uh, and jake the snake <laughs> uh, i mean you got uh, the hawk and snake connection right there i mean it's hawk just, and snake uh, baby hawk and snake i think he's such a great mouthpiece for him and i don't even know if lance archer needs a mouthpiece but again they always find a way to make everyone fit like i kind of had given up on sean spears a while back and now i'm back on that ride too so i mean it's yeah great yeah i uh, i love the way the fact that jake the snake sounds kind of old i feel like actually makes it sound more scary he sounds um, like like in the movie the wrestler it's like oh you know guys <laughs> yeah he's like uh he's like shut me up if you can but i don't think you can it wasn't supposed to be personal but now it is <laughs> but it uh, is my, my one my one gripe is because Jake the Snake's so big, you can't see really how big Murderhawk is mm. uh, when they stand next to each other. We saw Tony standing next to him. You're like, ooh, this is a big, big boy. Uh, they did a video after this. And, you know, I was going to break it down. I was going to talk about what we saw in this video with Lance Archer. But I was like, you know what? We have someone who's an expert on that kind of wrestling presentation. Anissa Barr, they're in the oh. backyard duking it out with a bunch of people <laughs> gathered around the ring tell us what you thought about uh about this little peek into the history of old lance archer um i don't know anything about backyard wrestling <laughs> so i have no comment this was your moment we, we prepared you 10 minutes we had 10 minutes dedicated just for this no, no. <laughs> I, would you, would you... I didn't get it i didn't get this this i didn't oh wait you didn't like it I didn't like it. Oh, oh wow. wow. Wait, why? Yeah, I am shocked. I thought yeah. you'd love this. I was like, this is made for Anissa right now. No. I didn't tweet about it because I wanted to talk to you about it first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, it wasn't for me. I mean, I, I don't know. It felt like a backyard wrestling, which is fine, but I just don't. I, would just, I just wasn't really into me. I didn't really get it. 
I thought it looked cool, him being in this very scary backyard where I'm sure people have been murdered before. Well, uh, it's saying, not called the scary place. People. I love the name of the place. It's called the Murder Hawk Mansion. <laughs> Think about that. Murder, Murder Hawk, Hawk Mansion. I mean, oh my goodness. Like, how scary can that be? It's insane. If I got an invite there, I'd be like, sorry, social distancing. Can't, can't go over to your house. Um, Speaking of social distancing, if you were on the outside of that ring and you saw this dude just crush like 15 people in a row, why would you get in the ring too? I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> like he just wiped out a whole group of people. I'm out. Dude looks tougher than I am. I mean, there uh, must have been some type of incentive to go in a ring with someone <laughs> called Murder Hawk. It's just like, oh, we'll give you like $500 to see if you could go up against him. All right, let's see how that can't be that bad. Then, of course, they get their... <laughs> Kind of, I don't. I'm not trying to be negative, but this segment reminds me of like one of those squash matches mm-hmm. where they're trying to make every make, make this guy look so tough, which is totally fine because that's what they're trying to show us is that this guy is so strong he'll take out anybody. And but I just didn't really um, understand why he was um, in the woods <laughs> beating up little people. Yeah, I did. <laughs> in the woods, I, I, I people. Think- I, I it think, was a mansion, not the woods. <laughs> you know, you know why I didn't mind it. We kind of have a lot. We've said this before. We're really villain heavy in this company, oh, and now yeah. we're really like dark character heavy. I mean, just based on tonight, we had Matt Hardy, we had Brody Lee, and then we had Lance Archer. Like honestly, like that that that's too dark for me sometimes. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. I, I like that each one is a little unique. You know, this is a guy that he won't fly a drone and he won't stalk you that way. And he won't try to recruit you in a cult, but he will murder you in his backyard. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, take your pick. He, he did have that, like, kind of carny uh, feel to him. Like, uh, like, or, like, like he, be, he travels with the circus and murders people in every town <laughs> he goes to. Uh, he just had that vibe to me. He seems... He seemed in, intense and scary, and I don't know who's. Well, I guess Cody's going to be the poor, poor guy that takes the first round with him. Cody quietly also letting people look good in matches. Him losing to Jericho, losing to MJF, and now, and I mean, he was, he was Sean Spears' first match. Going back to that, I think Cody mm-hmm. is like the the guy that, like, you know, when you go into when you enter the team, you got to prove yourself, and that's that's yeah. the guy you got to go through. It's like his initiation. He's the initiation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Cody's kind of like, win or lose, I mean, Cody. <laughs> they, they, give you, they give you pink belly behind the scenes, yeah. and then they give you Cody. I think out of everyone <laughs> in AEW, I think Cody Rhodes can take the loss, and it won't affect him whatsoever as far as booking-wise, because you yep. can place him with anything. He makes anyone look great, and even in defeat, he'll push anyone to the moon, and it's not a problem if he takes a loss. He, is, he can is- always get the sympathy of the crowd anytime. Which is very similar to The Rock. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of The Rock. I don't exactly. remember how many matches The Rock won, but I remember they were all great and fun. And that, mm-hmm. that's what Cody yeah. reminds me of. Well, I think going back to what we kind of talked about at the beginning is he is just plugged into the emotion aspect of the people watching. And so I think even if he loses, it's not like, oh, he's a loser. He loses all the time. I think we as viewers feel that. And like, oh, we're devastated he lost. Like, I hope he comes back because you're rooting for him still instead of just being like, Oh, he lost his past three matches, whatever. He's a loser. You know, like, oh, we want him to we want to cheer for him. We want him to keep going. I think that's where he does so well is he just plays into those um plays into that fact that he, we have an emotional connection uh, to him. 
And I'm excited um, for every match. So again, more than likely, that's going to be Lance Archer's first opponent, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, and so uh, speaking of things I am excited about, uh, we have a, uh, a a trio, a newer trio, who uh, came out tonight. Well, they didn't debut or come out tonight, but Lucha Brothers. I'm getting to the death triangle. I'm trying to remember how to say it in Spanish. Uh, triangle de muerte. It's so cool. Yeah. I love it. They have a sweet That's shirt, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. like total heavy metal uh, shirt there. <laughs> um, DDP's like gimmick infringement. <laughs> uh, we uh, we got a, a little promo video for them, which is really cool. I have a feeling as as things go the way they are right now, we're gonna get a lot of these videos of like Lance, like Lance Archer did, like this. Um, hype video for the death triangle um but they had a match uh the match was great them and best friends but i don't know i kind of feel like orange cassidy on commentary was so entertaining <laughs> coming to get it on i don't know where we're at in the song <laughs> guys we did so much on this show i miss it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Orange Cassidy killed it on commentary. Did you guys like that? I thought he was really good. You should come back more often. The crowd definitely popped when he came out. When, when he came out, everything was just like. I, my, what I was living, like, the moment that I was like, you know what? Life is going to be great no matter what happens in the world was when MJF, you could hear him audibly saying, strut it out as a Pentagon was dancing. I was like, Oh, it's ever decided okay. to put MJF in the front row? Genius. Genius. Oh, yeah. Genius. It was so good. As, as I alluded to in the beginning, those guys in the crowd really made it. Just heckling each other and cheering each other. Such a simple way to make something great that could have been a deterrent. Um, the, the Death Triangle went over on the best friends here. And they kind of had to. They're a new team, so they kind of had to win. Uh, Post-match promo, <laughs> uh, you kicked my friend in the dick. <laughs> line of the year. <laughs> what a great line. Zero filter. Just went for it right there. No pun intended. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get an explicit tag for that, do we? I hope not. Too late They're now, I guess. Different rules now. Well, I think uh, okay. um, uh, challenge into a street fight, which I think is a <laughs> – really good way or a, a parking lot fight which is a smart way to get around the whole idea of the audience because that's a big fight that can take place where there's not an audience right i think that he clarified that it's not in the middle of a street it's gonna be like you know <laughs> he's like no 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 never mind it's gonna be like <laughs> in a parking lot not in the middle of a street <laughs> yeah i feel like they did a few things to kind of build around that scenario the, the scenario that they're working with and i thought that was really smart of them to do those things so when they have that match in a parking lot we're not like oh there's no crowd it's like because there wouldn't have been a crowd anyway right mm -hmm. can i just say there's been no sports at all i mean as we all know i i, yeah. I, I was watching a cornhole competition on espn a few days ago cornhole, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> like, nothing happening and i had one of my friends text me and say like hey, that wrestler just said they kicked them in the dick. And I was like, oh, you're watching AEW. This guy doesn't even watch wrestling. So I think, you yeah. know, <laughs> these guys are like on national TV and there's probably a lot of new eyes that are checking out these people. So 
the first impression they get of Chuck Taylor is this. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was. I thought it was great. Uh, something else I thought was great. We had Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny going against the Jurassic Express. Coming to get it on. And uh, I still like. I like that they have the loose affiliation with MJF. Still, I like that they kept that going. Um, Butcher and the Blade came up short again. I love the look of this team. They look legit. They look scary. They look like they would really just beat the hell out of you if they had to. Uh, Josh, what's going on with this team? Why aren't they winning? I don't know. I think there has to be a team within any wrestling organization that has to be the whipping boy in a sense where they just have to take the losses for every other team. It's just, it is what it is. You're not going to have every tag team in the organization be successful and everything. You're going to have some that are going to be the jobbers. So if, Mm -hmm. even if it's someone that looks as scary and as credible and maybe as tough looking as Butcher and the Blade, hey, if they're going to be the whipping boys, then so be it. I mean, I think in the long run, they will rebound from this loss and everything like that. But for right now, they're just going to be a, low mid-tier like type of team right there i mean they're doing a really great job in elevating uh jurassic express and just really yeah. just amping them up a whole lot more especially since marco stunt's not there you're just gonna have to rely more on luchasaurus and on juggle jack perry so i mean as butcher and the blade they do in theory look like a really successful team and could be the ones that can really run amok in the tag team division but just for right now they just have to be the weapon boys yeah, yeah, I did they, notice that some of the wrestlers that um, weren't on TV were home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, SCU, Scorpio Sky was watching from home. Marco Stunt posted on social media that he was watching from home, which was really good. I mean, if, if they don't really need you on TV, just stay home and you're, gonna, you're still getting paid, I'm sure. I will say, yeah. I think Marco Stunt said he was feeling some side effects. So like, he was staying home out of caution. So he might not be doing too well. So but, yeah, let's hope he's okay. Let's yeah. hope he's okay. Yeah, um, you know, we don't have really the sound drops like we usually do, but I think we need to make one for what I'm about to say, which is the fact that I think Butcher versus Luchasaurus was the meat slap of the night tonight. <laughs> Two big, hefty, big boys slapping it out together. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got all my protein. With that, match, with, the, uh, with those two guys, you're never gonna ask where's the beef. It's all. <laughs> with uh, those two guys, you're stocked up for the whole Corona season. Exactly. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have. Uh, so, Roger, I gotta ask you though. Jungle Express, they get a win here. I feel like they're start and stop a lot. Is it time for them to put up or shut up at this point? Do they need to do something legit or? Or can they keep kind of going back coming in? And so you have two wrestlers that are kind of. Sorry, you have You're two sure. wrestlers. Well, experience in wrestling. No, he does, but he's not like a veteran of like 15 years, like 20. He's not like a guy that's, at least as far as I know, I'm maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like, like he, I think that was some of the criticism that Luchasaurus is kind of like a stiff wrestler. Like he still has some, I don't want to say some learning to do, but he's just not as crisp as a few other wrestlers. So I feel like putting them together has kind of helped them grow. And I think we've we've been a part of that growth along the way. I think there's been times where we want more. I mean, I think I remember when um, Luchasaurus came back a few weeks ago, he got a huge pop. So obviously yeah. they're establishing that that uh, repertoire with their fans. And so I think they're right on track, honestly. I think there's times when we want more out of them, but I'm okay with it. 
Yeah. Well, awesome. So that said, speaking of being okay with things, um, this is typically where I would like to jump into the elite of the week. I don't have an elite of the week this week. Elite I felt of the week. Okay. <laughs> uh, cue the, uh, the music. But I didn't do an elite of the week because I felt like everyone I feel like everyone did good. I feel like everyone should be a part of the elite of the week. I feel like the, the amazing job that they did as a company today is great. So what I'm going to do uh, for the elite of the week is I'm going to go ahead and give it number one through five to my mom, Jan Farmer. It is her birthday today. So mom, this one's for you. Love you. You're my biggest fan. You always check it, check out the show. So thank you so much for watching. Happy birthday, mom. Love you. Go get a shamrock shake from McDonald's. You deserve it. (laughs) She'll be so mad. I called her out on that one. Uh, (laughs) Mama uh, Farmer. (laughs) Shout out to Mama Farmer. Shout out Mama Farmer. So, um, yeah, so that said, man, I can't believe how good the show was. I am shocked that I, I feel like they could, I feel like they've got a lot of room to keep doing this. Um, I don't know what the deal is for next week, um, so we'll see, I guess, because uh, it didn't say next week on the the, the card. It said next dynamite. Um, so I think that's probably still a work in progress. We'll see. Hopefully, we get one next week. I thought they did a great job, and like again, I thought this was a great escape for a lot of people. Um, speaking of great escapes. Uh, for a lot of people, something that's always fun to do is interact with each other, chat with each other. Uh, even though we're stuck in our homes, doesn't mean we can't still be connected. Mm-hmm. So before we go, Roger, why don't you go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you online? You can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Kara. And Anissa. Uh, at Anissa Bar on Instagram and Twitter. Josh Alonzo. And before I give the socials, I've been keeping my eye on the chat and everything. So a special shout out to everyone that was in the chat. The Wrestling Hound, Dang MQ, Switch Fan 94, Haywood Wong, someone that's new, Mike Mundell. We have Joseph Boza, Derek Fisher, another new person, Tobia Connison. We have, let's see, who else? All the usual suspects and everything. So thank you guys so much. Oh, I forgot to mention External Shockwave, Blade Runner, uh, Arrow. And just so many of you and everything, (laughs) just thank you so much for joining us today. I know despite everything that's going on, everyone's just trying to find an escape and just always just keeping that chin up and just having a positive outlook. With that being said, you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at J-O-A-L-323. In true producer form, making sure we get everything in. Make sure to uh, check out Rye Guy in the booth as well online, but you can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. As is, we still plan on doing the Raw After Show every Monday at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so check me out for that, as well as the AEW social media skim every Monday as well. And, of course, right here on AEW Dynamite. So until next time, folks, please do your best and be yourself. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.